listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm and has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. An angel just got its wings. <laughs> this is going to be a hard one because, as you probably know, I have such a great love for Blessed Mother and um, working on uh, Mariology and theology, and it's like, whoa, where do we go? This is such a great day. Before I forget, let me note that in our rosary garden on the edge of the property, uh, some beautiful people did a bunch of flowers at the Assumption and the Coronation of Mother Mary. And uh, so make sure you get over there today to say a little prayer and see the beautiful flowers. And uh, thank you to all of you who've been making this beautiful place even more beautiful. Thank you. Um, people are deeply touched when they come here to pray and uh, it's beautiful. The Assumption of Mother Mary and you know, in a few days, we're going to celebrate the coronation of Mother Mary as Queen of Heaven and Earth. What's that? August 22nd. And if you ask me, I kind of feel like the two should be together, you know? So maybe we start today and let's just keep celebrating till the 22nd. As you can imagine, the moment Mother Mary is brought into heaven by God and she receives the reward of all of her cooperation with grace, that's what the crown symbolizes. And uh, rumor has it, her crown has a lot of jewels in it. And those jewels are symbolic of just all the graces that she cooperated with. At the end of the day, let's remember, this is a feast about God. This is something God did. So we think of Jesus, his resurrection and his ascension. We use the word ascension because as God, as the victor, as the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, he ascends to the right hand of the Father to take possession of his kingdom as God. He ascends. But Mother Mary, we use the word assumption because she did not do it. God did it. She did not ascend on her own power. God, the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit 
assumed her, brought her into heaven. And um, this is beautiful and mysterious and wonderful. In our gospel, we had the beautiful reading of the Magnificat. You know, at the visitation, when the Holy Spirit comes bubbling out of Mother Mary's heart, and she gives this uh, prayer, which is peppered with a number of prayers from Hannah and the Old Testament, but um, it's the, the one place where we really get to hear Mother Mary's interior being expressed. And uh, as I was praying over this this morning, I wondered if she prayed this when she got to heaven as well, like at her assumption. The Lord has done great things for me. Today would have been a perfect day for her to pray this prayer. Um, the church in her liturgy gives that to us. Um, I want to quote a number of things from the catechism. <laughs> I'm only going to quote one, okay? So many, the, whoever did the Mariology in the catechism, boy, did they do a good job. It's so well worded. Listen to this, um, speaking of the assumption of Mother Mary. And this is quoting the uh, document when Pope Pius Twelfth proclaimed today as a dogma. Finally, the Immaculate Virgin, preserved from all stain of original sin, when the course of her earthly life was finished, was taken up body and soul into heavenly glory and exalted by the Lord as queen over all things, so that she might be the more fully conformed to her son, the Lord of Lords, and conqueror of sin and death. The assumption of the Blessed Virgin is a singular participation in her son's resurrection and an anticipation of the resurrection of other Christians. After speaking of the church, her origin, her mission, and her destiny, we can find no better way to conclude than by looking to Mary. In her, we contemplate what the church already is in her mystery on her pilgrimage of faith and what she will be in the homeland at the end of her journey. There, in the glory of the most holy and undivided Trinity, in the communion of all the saints, the church is awaited by the one she venerates as mother of her Lord and her own mother. Ooh, that is a mouthful. That is a mindful. That is a heartful. Wow. Let's try to break that open for a minute. Mother Mary is so special. <laughs> uh, you're not surprised I said that, right? <laughs> but she's special because she's special to God. You know, the Lord... And, you know, God knowing everything and God being all-powerful and God who's outside of time, you know, he, he, in his mind, he's known every person who's ever going to walk this earth in history. He's able to know. And every woman who would ever be here from Eve until whatever the name will be for the final child, you know, Susie or, you know, Jamie, I don't know. <laughs> and out of all the women, I'm guessing tens of billions of women, who will walk this earth, the Lord had the, the ability to choose which one would be his mother. And he chose Mother Mary. That alone is enough. Huh? Like, okay, wow. He wanted to be raised in her home, fed at her breast, you know, um, raised in her home uh, in his incarnation. And uh, the assumption of Mother Mary, what we celebrate today, really is the end of her whole life. And so what the church wants to show is that uh, this event is not some strange event that stands alone on its own. Rather, today's event is, a, we almost say, the natural or logical conclusion of the working of God's grace in her life from the beginning. From the moment she was conceived immaculate by God's grace, and then her whole life 
when she conceived Jesus in her womb and became the mother of God, at the cross when she became the mother of the church, until she prayed with the early church for the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, and what happened to her at the Annunciation happens to the church. And then her assumption, and she comes into God's glory in her body, and this becomes the, the kind of the, the crowning moment of a full life. All the graces that God gave her, it was all heading in this direction. And it's really something profound and beautiful. And one of the reasons why God chose to assume his mother into heaven instead of waiting for the end of time when he's going to raise all of us is that he wanted her to be an example to encourage us what we celebrate today what happened to mary is in some way going to happen to all of us at the end of time when jesus returns in glory and somehow whatever is remaining of our corpses or about you know we will be resurrected and we will enjoy heaven body and soul and so today's feast day stands as a, a foretaste or a prefigurement. And in that way, it stands as a day of tremendous encouragement and joy. That Mother Mary stands as the sign, the woman clothed with the sun, with the crown on her head and the moon under her feet. Oh, that looks familiar. As a sign, you know, because she is the church in person, she stands as a symbol for God's people, for all of us. And so she stands there as a sign to remind us, this is what's waiting for you. And when we, we ponder that, we experience consolation, we experience encouragement, we experience motivation to struggle through our day, right? Keeping in mind, what does the Bible say? Keep in mind the, the, the final, the end of the race. Keep focused on that. You know, there's this piece of tape and you got to run through it, okay? Um, when your time comes. And so, uh, as the catechism had said, that we are the church on pilgrimage right now. We're not there yet, but we're on our way. And brothers and sisters, at the moment of your death, when you finally come in your soul, and then at the end of time with the, the grace of resurrection, body and soul, um, the moment will be, we will have an understanding of that moment. It will be the culmination of the working of God's grace in our life. So there is a moment waiting for each one of us when everything that we've ever been through will make sense. All the graces that we've received in our life, graces that we're aware of, graces that we're not aware of, all of those graces will come to fruition at that moment. And we will be given an understanding and a deeper awareness. While we're living in the light of God's glory, we will be deeply aware of all of the tremendous and beautiful ways that God was blessing us and helping us and pouring his grace upon us. What is that going to feel like? <laughs> we do not have that kind of joy here in this life. The greatest joy which you could receive here pales compared to that joy. So I want to conclude with a little story to, to help bring it together. I don't know if any of you have ever done this special form of prayer called the walking pilgrimage. Anybody ever done that? So all over the world today on this day, whether it be Guadalupe in Mexico City, whether it be Czestochowa in Poland and other places, all of these Catholics do this walking pilgrimage for a week, two weeks, a month leading up to today. It's a tradition of doing like a mobile retreat where you're walking for, for long distances. Well, I had the chance to do this many times at the um, competitive shrine our Lady of Chestahova in Doylestown, like uh, the two shrines, we love each other. 
And uh, you start at Great Meadows in uh, St. Peter and Paul Parish, and it's the Polish walking pilgrimage or pilgrimska. And, um, you know, a couple of thousand people, and you're walking for like five or six days. And as you're walking, there's this theme of how life is a pilgrimage. And it, it, the, it's so striking and interesting and hard. <laughs> and you're, you're camping out every night, and, you know, there's masses in Polish with really long homilies that you don't understand. And, <laughs> Um, etc. And it's this amazing pilgrimage. Well, the, the first year, I've done it many years, but the one year I was a newly ordained priest. And as you're walking, you start to understand, like, I could never do this on my own. Maybe some of you could, but I could not. But being together, traveling together is such a metaphor for being in the church, huh? And that together we encourage each other, like, keep going, keep going, you know? And there's a kielbasa waiting for you at the next, you know, <laughs> stop. We need that, you know, I need my strength or a lard and butter sandwich for breakfast, okay. Um, and so you realize that, you know, so different from traveling alone, traveling together as a church, as a family, we can get there, we can struggle. If, you know, if you, you, you're limping, you can hop in the van for a while. And uh, with the church, you're being carried towards your destination. Well, uh, one of these places, we stopped in a state park and we're having a mass late at night. And um, I ended up getting sucked into hearing confessions, and I missed the Mass. So after I get out of confession, which was really just a beautiful experience, uh, the Mass has already begun, and I'm like, what am I going to do, you know? So in the back, there was um, what they call like a split-rail fence. You ever seen this kind of a rough-looking thing? So I'm sitting on this fence, and the homily is going on and on and on in Polish. And I see these two young Polish ladies that I know, and I know their family. I was like come over here and translate for me, you know? And they're like, well, aren't you a priest? Aren't you supposed to be up there? And I'm like, yeah, it's a long story. So they sat on my right and my left and they're translating for me a beautiful homily about how life is like a pilgrimage and we're on a journey towards heaven. That's our destination. Like Mother Mary, we're, we're going. And um, I'm, you know, listening to the translation. And then um, all of a sudden I hear a sound, which almost sounded like a crack in the fence that I was sitting on broke and i landed on my back and the two girls landed on top of me <laughs> and i look up and there's like a guy there with his cell phone like videoing i was like oh you know and uh immediately jumped up and embarrassed and the mass stopped and you know a thousand people turned like what's going on over there like why isn't that priest at the it's so humiliating and I, I sincerely heard the Lord speaking to me in my heart, get off the fence, you know? <laughs> Sometimes in life, we need the Lord to say that to us, don't we? You know, in our spiritual life, get off the fence, keep going. And um, so we, we finally get to the shrine. And at this point, you feel like you've accomplished something and you're tired and you're you know sleep deprived and you're sore, but you're there. And um, they have this tradition where half, the, the shrine is kind of up on a hill and then um, halfway up, there's a statue, and there's like a little priest with a stole and holy water. He's there to bless you and welcome you. Well, we didn't know that, so we like just marched right past him. You know, we were like singing music, and we were just like an army, like going into battle, like take this hill, you know. And I'll never forget when we get to the church, and as you're approaching the door, and you're, you're in a group, and you hear the singing, I, and it was this beautiful, strong Polish, some hymn to Mother Mary, I don't know, and. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, it's this big, beautiful shrine and these big, beautiful doors. And then it's kind of like you come through those doors and there was, I don't know, thousands of people in the church uh, cheering and clapping and like welp welcoming us. 
And we're just like weeping with joy. And there's that icon of Mother Mary with the baby Jesus, that beautiful Chestahova icon, which we have a copy of down the hill. And uh, she's there to welcome us, you know? And it's such a metaphor for death. It's such a metaphor for that moment when we finally arrive in heaven. And it's not just seeing God, but it's, it's the saints, it's the angels. And it's like, it must have been like that today when Mother Mary came. There must have been like cheering and, and celebration and welcome. And like the, it's like the greatest victory parade of any victory of any sports team or army, you know, it's like, and um, so today the church invites us to ponder these things, to be encouraged, to be inspired, to be given hope. And the content of what this feast day means for us is hope in the midst of trials and difficulties. Keep going, get off the fence, keep going forward together as a church. Um, marching through the valley of death will fear no evil, huh? And then Mother Mary waits for us when it's our turn and we're finally there to be welcomed home. This is beautiful. This is what we celebrate this day. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars, the renewal. Please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media, CFR underscore Franciscans. Thank you.